You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 75. This week's artist, The Police. Now, it's song title story time. On this secret journey, I'm consumed with every breath you take. On any other day, walking in your footsteps might be a death wish. You're the proverbial canary in the coal mine. Bring on the night, where darkness drowns the invisible sun. I'm so lonely, driven to tears, hoping you can fill that hole in my life. Oh my God, I can't stand losing you, but there's no other way of stopping. I know this is too much information, but don't stand so close to me, because I'm hungry for you. Ever since I found that message in a bottle, I long for contact. I hope it's all right for you. Roxanne, does everyone stare when they're next to you? Or are they all wrapped around your finger? Like our hosts, Rob Heitman, and concert addict and superfan and self-proclaimed king of pain, Ralph McKinley. <laughs> so, what do you think? That was pretty good. Huh? That was good. Is that a record like getting names of songs into your intro? That's got to be close. No, it's that they have such long names that it took a little longer, so I got a little... I only had like 24 or no, 26, 26 okay. names in that. But I had last week, I think I had, I had over 30. Really? Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy, but it's a lot of fun. I love doing the, the little dramatization. There's a lot of time in there. I'm impressed. Yeah. It really didn't take, it's so weird. It just comes to me. I just look at the words and that comes out. It's magic. It's magic. Welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we'll rank the Dirty Dozen or top 12 songs by the police while discussing their music and pounding back a few beers. I'm Rob. And I'm Ralph. I'd like to thank everybody who's been active and joining in on the conversations on Facebook page, though I can't thank everyone each episode. I'd like to give a special shout out to Alex Hennon, Tina Wells, and Elizabeth Von Bush. Thank you for being active. So, Ralph, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Rob. Good to be back. It's always good to have you here because there's always something different coming and everybody that, yeah, knows yeah, it. That's right. I have a feeling I scare you with my list. That's what makes it fun. <laughs> yes, I got it. So how did you first hear of the police? I came to know the police Late 70s, Regatta de Blanc comes out. And I'm, you know, I'm a junior. No, no, I'm a, I'm a sophomore in high school. So I'm, I'm like a, a metal guy, you know, or hard rock, Aerosmith. And all of a sudden I hear this band, The Police. And I'm like, wow, these guys are really, really good. So they're, you know, other than The Police, like the talking heads were, were right up my alley. But for the most part, I was listening to, you know, Aerosmith and Black Sabbath and Scorpions and Iron Maiden and stuff like that. So... The fact that the police came and I instantly grabbed onto them, I just thought, wow, these guys are different and they're really good. I'm with you. That's the second album, so you didn't catch the first one, really. But it, but it was still yeah. a little bit more of a punk edge to them early on. Correct. The first couple albums, they've got that punk feel to it. Sort of that reggae-inspired punk influence. Yep, exactly. I've always been, you know, Bob Marley reggae fan, so, yeah, so I mean, between... Uh, you he's know, rolling up a joint right now. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot how to do that, Rob. I know. <laughs> that was pretty good. Think about how interesting this podcast would be if we actually did that. Yes, I know. We're not, though. We're drinking beer, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes, we are. I first heard about it. Yeah. Synchronicity. That was, okay. that was my first intro. And a friend of mine, Steve Hahn, I've talked about him before, but he was into that world. So then I bought one of their greatest hits albums. And I think it was Sting and the Police, Greatest Hits, which was later on. 
And so I some solo, st- solo stuff? Yeah, it was like, you know, it had Englishmen in New York and a couple yeah. other things in there. But it had the police stuff in there, too. So it was kind of a best of both worlds. I always liked them. And I heard all of their big hits, of course. Yeah. Police is one of those rock bands. Like, if you're into music, you, you're probably at least a, 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 min- a minor police fan. Like, no one hates the police. At least I don't think they well, do. Well, a minor but... police fan is just somebody under 18, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't even know who the police are, but... Or some yeah, guy just... digging under the earth. <laughs> Right, it's one of those bands that everyone yeah, enjoys yeah. somewhat. They have a really good collection of songs. Yes. No matter what, right? Very unique. Right. Not punk, not rock, not pop, not reggae. Yeah. But somewhere in the middle. Yeah, they're, they're all of the above. Yeah. And synchronicity, you know, is very poppy compared to their early stuff. I don't know. I think it's more jazzy. I think it's more yes, avant-garde it is jazzy. the way that they do it. It's not... I'm thinking of the hits on I, there, but you're right. But even if it's a hit, I still wouldn't consider it poppy. Yeah. I wouldn't consider that like Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel or something like that in the same sort of space, which is a good song, but it's very a pop-centric song. I don't think any of the Police songs are necessarily pop-centric. There are hits on there, but that's just Wrap because... around your finger? Not, I don't want to get into right. songs yet, but... Well, yeah. I still think if you listen to the undertones of that, yeah. they have some new it's stuff in there. Well. Yeah. It's done very well. And they well, have yeah. that jazz influence in it that kind of lets it cross Correct. barriers. Yeah. Even in rap. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Jazz, a little bit of punk, reggae, well, They were all ra- jazz rock and musicians yeah. coming in, which is odd. Such thing was a teacher. Yeah. Well, Sting was too, but yeah, he was playing at night yeah. in a jazz band. Yeah. They were all in that jazz space. And that's when he left the band he ended up playing with all these jazz musicians right yeah when he went solo when he went solo yeah you know, winston marsalis and people like that what surprised you about the research you did for this podcast you know i, I kind of always knew that they had a short career but just diving into it and five albums in five years and they're done Right. I think they toured for maybe another year, year and a half after that. And then they've done a, a reunion tour, what, 12, 15 years ago or something like that. But that's it. I'm yeah. sorry I missed that. I had a bunch of friends that went to it and somehow I didn't go to see the police. I think they played at Staples or something like that. But I, I, I'm kicking myself tonight thinking, why did I not go see that? Yeah. I saw Sting in concert okay. at Madison Square Garden, but not the garden, the top part, the theater at Madison Square Garden. So it's like a smaller... A, sm- a little bit smaller venue, yeah. Okay. Which is better, obviously. Yeah. And I saw him, and he played a lot of his solo stuff, obviously. Yeah. But he also played some police stuff. Of course. Some of the big hits. If he's smart, he will. Yeah, he will. You know, he's got to. He wrote it, so he has a... Yeah, he, he wrote 95% of it. Yeah, I'd yeah. say most of the hits he wrote. Yeah. Are you a Sting fan? Solo? I, I like Sting's voice. Yeah. And the fact that he can play bass well, and sing so differently he has a unique timbre to his voice yeah. nobody else sounds like sting yeah no one's writing music like sting. even even his solo stuff he's got some good solo stuff yeah he does he does it's not the police well it's sort of the way the police would have sounded if sting was responsible for everything in the band the rest of the band adds so much to it Andy comes in yeah. and his guitar works awesome does that great riff or he'll bring something out and it'll change the way the song was initially meant to be yeah he'll blow it up and make it more intricate and give it a different vibe and Stuart to the same degree yeah because Stuart's drumming is pretty amazing too it's kind of interesting their interplay yeah but obviously they fight and they had a bad relationship anyway I think it's time to talk about our beer let's do it Join me in a belt of scotch. It's 9.30 in the morning. Yeah, but I haven't slept in days. 
today we're drinking beer. We are drinking Monty Python's Holy Grail. Amber Gold Ale Tempered Over Burning Witches. <laughs> How do you know she is a witch? She looks like one. Yeah, yeah, she looks like yeah, one. Bring her forward. Not a witch, I'm not a witch. But you are dressed as one. They dressed me up like this. <laughs> and this isn't my nose, it's a false one. And the hat. But she is a witch. Did you dress her up like this? No! 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 no. no. Yes. 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 Yeah, a bit. Yeah. A bit. A bit. A bit. She has got a wart. <laughs> what makes you think she is a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. I got better. Burn her Which is how they actually do it, which is pretty amazing. What a great movie, though, huh? Yes, and they say it goes perfectly with spam, spam, and spam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's good. It's, it's a pale ale, right? Yeah, it does yeah, the it's job. Great. It's fairly hot this evening, so cold beer always goes nice with a hot evening. And it's not bitter. No, so, it's not. No, so you not don't at have all. that IPA yeah. thing that people have a problem There's with. almost zero aftertaste here. No, it's great. It's nice, smooth. You've had this before. Yeah, we had it okay. on the podcast a long while ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we did it for, I don't remember for who, but we did it. It's an English beer, since it's an English band. I brought for, once we finished a four-pack of the Holy Grail, I figured I needed to get a beer that sounded like a police album. Mm-hmm. So I went with Stella Artois. Zenyatta Mandata? Yeah, Stella Artois. <laughs> oh, you sounds know, very similar. Some, no, but I'm just saying it's like very educated sounding. Uppity? It's very uppity. Yeah. It's like nose in the air, just yeah. a little bit. It's a little like jazz Stella taste. Etoile. Would you please pass the Stella Etoile, please? You want that before or after your bong hit? No, after the Grey Poupon, I would like. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. So it's a lot of fun, so we should have a good time. And if you have any of these are. beers, if you can't find the whole Monty Python's Holy Grail beer, which may be harder to find. Grab a Stella, drink along with us, yeah. and we'll have a grand old time. Before we begin with critically reviewing the songs, we'll share under 20 seconds of each tune unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight and then we may do a second clip. We have made Spotify playlists just search Official Dirty Dozen to listen to each of our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to the police. The way this works is we combine each of our lists into the police's Dirty Dozen or Top 12 songs, which will count down from 12 to 1, nice and simple. Originally, Jeff Stewart was going to join the cast as a third host, but was unable to make it, so we're using his list that he submitted as 50% of a normal host vote, since he won't be here to discuss and or defend it. So before we get going with the list, we'll each talk about a song that wouldn't be in our top 12, but we'd still like to discuss. We call this our song of note. So Ralph, what is your song of note, my friend? Song of note, Rob, comes from uh, Regatta de Blanc album, and that's kind of where my starting point for the police. Sure. I like the punk feel. It's probably four or five songs on this album, but one of them that has pretty big punk feel to it, It's All Right For You. Music was actually written by the drummer, Stuart Copeland, with Sting helping out with the vocals and the lyrics. Copeland plays bass on this song, guitar and drums, while Sting is handling the vocals like every other police song. Right, but Andy still plays some guitar on this no, track he, as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he plays some backing, but apparently... He, he plays the slide solo. Oh, you're right. He yeah. does. There is a slide solo, and, and apparently I read somewhere where Andy Summers still gets compliments on that slide solo for all these years. So it was interesting how much Stuart Copeland takes control of this song, because I think as you and I go through our list, it's Sting about 90, 95% of the time. Yeah, he recorded an instrumental demo of this and yeah. brought it forward to... Sting and it went 
it's interesting. It's only two minutes and 17 seconds yeah, it's long. A, it's a quick song. And there's no real drums in it. And it's written by a drummer. I think that's just kind of funny. It, not that it's re- not real. It's all like drum machines and or his pads. So he's playing electronically. Oh, real? Okay. I yeah. Gotta, so it's yeah. not actual drums. So it's kind of interesting. The original title for the song was called uh, Xmas Rave. Xmas? Yeah, Rave. As in Christmas? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Or Xmas, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good song. It's okay, you know, but it's it's for a song of note. It's perfect. Yeah, it was a little different picking song of note. I tend to gravitate towards maybe a cover song by the band we're, we're talking about. Yeah. I don't know if the police did very many covers but they did some on some of their live stuff but yeah on the live stuff yeah but i picked something i said all right what, what are jeff and rob more than likely not going to have in their top 12 and this is how i landed it's catchy though yeah no it's, it's a, it, so i love this you. yeah you know, yeah stuff. i love this song all right let's listen to ralph's song of note it's all right for you off of regatta de blanc back in 1979 <laughs> That was Ralph's Song of Note. It's all right for you. Off of Ricotta de Blanc. Good way to open up the podcast right there. Yeah, I'm going to. Everyone's do, awake now. Everyone's awake. I'm going to do my Song of Note because, Jeff, you don't get to do one. We miss you, Jeff. We miss you, but you can't get to do one because you're not here. <laughs> Spirits in the Material World off of Ghost in the Machine. It's just a song I've always liked. Keys started out, which kind of underlay the song really well. And it's kind of funny that I like a mostly keyboard song, but there's a vibe of it. It's based on a book by Arthur Kosler called Ghost in the Machine. Mm -hmm. He believed our essence or ghost spirits are getting lost in the corporate or government machine. And we're taking who we are out of it because we have to conform to what they need. So it's interesting. I remember Ghost in the Machine was a series of, I think it was anime that was pretty popular. Yeah, I love the doubling and tripling of vocals in the verse. It's almost like we're all one trying to put that idea together from a, a corporate voice. Instead of a individual voice. Yeah. Now, this, this is a good choice. This, this is just outside, but this is probably maybe 15, 16, 17 on my police list. This is one of their big radio hits. Very, very well done. Enjoy this song. Stuart Copeland said, I see on YouTube where people are analyzing the drum fill as the most <laughs> effed up ever. And I didn't see it that way. I just never played the one. Like if you think one, two, three, yeah. four, one. he doesn't play the one. So it sounds off. But that's how reggae kind of works a yeah. lot of times. So a lot of, he was getting so, some slack so, about that. So people are talking on, what would you say on, on what, on what platform on? Yeah. So YouTube. people are talking on, yeah, on YouTube doing... and they probably don't know what they're talking about. Cause he's one of the best rock and roll drummers out there. There you go. Or it's just odd to most normal ears are used to. I find when you go down the rabbit hole of social media, you get about three or four comments in and it's all negative. <laughs> so well, that's true. <laughs> Except for our audience. We love you. Our audience. That's true. <laughs> But yeah, I get it. All right, let's go with my song of note, Spirits in the Material World, which is this world where we're kind of material, I guess, too. That's right. So it's not only material, not like a ghost or spirit, but material like we're buying stuff. Like this beer we're drinking. Like beer we're drinking. No, that's that's spiritual, my friend. <laughs> Spirit-filled. <laughs> It will be soon. Even if it's not. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's listen to Spirits in the Material World off of Ghost and Machine, my song of note. 
Okay, that was my song of note. Spirits in the Material World. Good and choice. That, and now it's time for the main event. Welcome. It's the main event, our Dirty Dozen. And let's just start with number 12, as we do. And this one was on my list as not on it at all. And it was on Jeff's list as not on it at all. Mm-hmm. Which means it's a Ralph song. Nice. This is off Ghost in the Machine back in 1981. Demolition Man is our number 12. Demolition Man. So my number five. Yes. Cool. Very it's good. Our number 12. Yeah. So song written by Sting, originally released by Grace Jones as a single in 1981. And then the police put it on their Ghost in the Machine album, I think about a year later after it was originally re- released by Grace Jones. When they agreed that they could do a much better job than Grace Jones did, they it, weren't happy with it. It's horrible. Strapped to the wing with the engine running. I actually listened to it uh, while I, you know, was doing all my studying of, of police, and I go, let me listen to this Grace Jones. Uh, oh, it's fantastic! Oh, it's horrible. The police jazzed it up, more of a hard rocking sound than than what Grace Jones did. It's coming off of an excellent album, Ghost in the Machine. Andy Summers' guitar work in this is just off the charts once again. The video for this song is showing the band jamming during the entire song. They're actually having fun because I think at this point in their career, they're not real happy with each other. They were starting to get there. They're, they're starting to get there. Yeah. But they're all smiling. They're bumping into each other and they're just jamming in a small studio having fun. I love the guitar work. I mean, he's playing a lead through 90% of the song. There's very little rhythm guitar going on. So I, I do enjoy that part of it. Yeah. The bass and the drums really pull it forward. Yep. And the guitar is there and it's really kind of cool fills in it. It was a good song. I remember you had it on uh, when we did the 1981 podcast. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This was on your list as the best songs of 1981. So I wasn't shocked to see it. Yeah, exactly. Jump onto this list. Yeah. I'm consistent at least. You are. I was surprised it was only your five. (laughs) Yeah. Were you expecting it to be higher? (laughs) I don't know. I I, I never know what to expect. (laughs) Oh, and just in case anybody doesn't know, this is a complete sidebar. But Ghost of the Machine, if you look at the cover for Ghost of the Machine. Yeah. There are three symbols on it, and that represents each member of the band. Correct, yeah. Stuart yeah. Copeland's on the left, Andy's on the right, and Sting's in the middle. Go, go figure. Yeah, wonder how that ended up. Yeah. And they re-recorded this for Demolition Man, the movie. The movie, yes. With, yeah. um, what's his name? Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> there we go. That's a that's a classic movie. That's really, should be on a turn of classic movies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> You can look for it there. Maybe it's a Criterion collection you can find someplace. Trying to remember. I I, I feel like I have definitely seen it, but it's not very good. No, it's it's, it's really bad. What can I say? I'm a blast from the past. should have stayed there. Just kidding with the whole Criterion collection. You can look for it. If you find it on Criterion collection, let me know, and I will stand corrected. Let's listen to our number 12, Demolition Man off of Ghost in the Machine. Thank you. 
that was our number 12, Demolition Man. One of the finest movies ever made. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. Uh, it's off of Ghost in the Machine. Let's move to number 11, which was on all of our lists. Nice. Already at 11. Yes. Uh, it was Jeff was highest, so he's going to speak about this. No, he's not. It was his number nine. It was my number 12. Mm-hmm. And it was your number 11. Since it's the highest for you, you will speak about it. It's off of Alandos de Amour, our 1978 album. The name of the song is So Lonely, which you will never tell by listening to it because they never say it. Never says So Lonely in there, huh? <laughs> Only 54 times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. So this was their third single from the Alandos de Amour album. Very much of the typical police reggae groove to it. Stink says he was thinking of Bob Marley's No Woman, No Cry when he wrote this song. Like for the verse, it almost sounds yeah. identical. Yeah. Chord structures and everything. Yeah. Other than the lyrics, it's got a very up-tempo beat. But the lyrics are obviously kind of a downer, talking about so lonely. Right, yeah. Obviously about a relationship that Sting had in the past that didn't go well. It's got some great backing vocals throughout the entire song. Another one of the police's great songs. And it's kind of interesting, this song. Yeah. Which we won't appreciate being across the pond here in America. (laughs) It's a big pond, by the way. Right, but in the UK, where they were pretty much big, and they weren't big here for the first couple albums. Correct. People thought there was an announcer on the BBC. Her name was Sue Lawley. Okay. Who was a big popular BBC presenter. Yeah. And they thought that instead of So Lonely, yeah. he was saying Sue Lawley. Sue Lawley, who's this BBC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like. Yeah, don't they wish. <laughs> this is staying. That is pretty funny. Because it was played on national television as an homage to Sue, but we didn't complain. Blessings are often unexpected. Because people <laughs> literally thought that's what it said. Slowly, oh, slowly. Yeah, no, you, can, you can hear that. Yeah, it's very much in that space. <laughs> Even the use of So Lonely in its different variations in it. Yeah. As almost a percussive thing. Like he's doing other things with it. And it's becoming like a do, 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 da, da, da. Because he's using it not as a lyric, but as musical composition, yeah. I think. Yep. yep. So it's interesting in that way. And uh, this song I liked a lot, and I wanted to represent some of the older material. And this one jumped to the top yeah. of that. So uh, I'm sure someone's counted how many times he says so lonely in here, but you're right. It, you, I, you've I, touched I, on I, that. I think it, the it's a I heard was 54. A, yeah, it's a lot. And it's not a long song either. But I didn't count it, but <laughs> somebody online did. So that's the number I'm taking. So thank you, whoever did that. I think his name is Rob Heitman. I think <laughs> I, I can see you counting. One, two, three, four. Oh, I wonder what the number would be. Let's find out, shall we? One, two, three. <laughs> so anyway, let's listen to So Lonely which you may hear once or twice if you listen carefully. <laughs> uh, most of the Don't time he, Most of the time he says, Sue Lolly. So listen to that. All right. It's off of Orlando's DMR. Our number 11. Let's listen. Oh, by the way, this is just a sidebar. Does anybody want me to do the whole podcast with this voice? Please <laughs> let, don't. Let me know. <laughs> Please don't. I thought about doing it once. It was so funny. All right. Let's listen to Sue Lolly. Here we go.
That was so lonely. Our number 11, which means we move to number 10. Mm-hmm. This song is on my list high as well. It's not even on it. Dag nabbit. Really? And, and it's not on Jeff's list either. Well, I, I'm in control here, it sounds like. <laughs> I'm in control now. It sounds like it's Ralph's number four. An obscure deep cut from Regatta de Blanc. <laughs> Bring on the night. You really think this is a deep cut? It is a deep cut. Uh, this... It's an album track, but go ahead. What did he ever do to you? He offended me with his terrible taste. Once again, this is the first uh, album that I really started listening to The Police. Sure. This song did not jump out when I, you know, the first couple years I'm listening to it. It, this, it did not jump out and say, hey, this is a great song. Probably 15 years later, I'm guessing. Sting has this song on one of his live albums where he took it and really jazzed it up. And I heard it on the radio one day and I thought, wow, this is a really, really good song. Did a little investigating, found out, wow, this is an old police song. Went right. back, started listening to it. And I'm like, this is a great song. The guitar work in it, it moves back and forth to like a very jazzy sound and a reggae sound kind of bounces back and forth very uplifting once again i'm going to say that a lot tonight the, the, I mean, the verses yeah. actually sound almost like a prog rocker would do like a yeah, king okay. crimson or a, yeah. something like that where it would be he's playing a lot of more intricate guitar work yeah in this than most of the stuff that they play yeah sting's voice is always kind of the thing that pops out in in a lot of these songs but the guitar work from andy summers here i i, I just really enjoy sting actually borrowed a lot of the lyrics for this from a song he wrote with Last Exit, which was his band before The Police. Okay. And it was called Carrion Prince. Anyway. So not necessarily the music, but the uh, lyrics? Yeah, and he took some of the lyrics okay. from uh, a T.S. Eliot poem, When Evening Spreads Itself Against the Sky, when he says that. Yeah. That's from T.S. Eliot. And when people called him out on it, Sting said, what did Eliot say? Bad poets borrow, but good poets steal. <laughs> <laughs> some rock bands do yeah. that a little bit, huh? And some just steal it straight out. <laughs> We won't I'm name talking any to names. you, Led Zeppelin. Well, <laughs> you are going to name names. I was about to say, we're not going to name any names, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I'm solo. This is not on Jeff's list, and it's not on your list. Whoa. I think I just figured something out, Beavis. <laughs> what? <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> no, no, they have too many good songs. That's my problem with it. It's not a bad song. Yeah. I actually like the song, and the more I listen to it, the more I like it, but... Are you defending that ass muncher? Come on, Rob. You're going soft in your old age. For it to be the fourth best song ever by the police, yes. I had an issue with. You, you, know, know, you know what I'm saying? As far as if you stack up all their work yeah. and you have to delete, let's say you can only save four songs yeah. in the entirety of the police. Yep. You'd have to keep this one, and I don't think I you want no to. I have no problem with that. <laughs> which is, which I, like. I love this song. And <laughs> it's not a bad song. As I, I said, I don't I think know. it's their number four song of all time. But I'm defending. If you would have said it was number 11, I wouldn't have had a problem with gotcha. it. Gotcha. Number, number four, you're like... Four. I mean, come on. This, this is my surprise. I believe it's my surprise of the night. Maybe it's not. So anyway, let's listen to Bring On The Night, our number 10. That was number 10, a Bring On The Night. Later covered by Eminem, which is Bring On The Night, MFR. <laughs> but anyway, that was, not, that was number 10. So let's move to number nine. And this one, once again, is not on Jeff's list. Sorry, Jeff. 
and it's not on, oh wait, it's on my list. It's not on your list. Okay, you're running solo. This one's off Synchronicity. Okay. This, this is my number four, which is our number nine overall. It's off of the Synchronicity album, and the name of the song is King of Pain. Mm. It's one of those songs that I've always loved. I think yeah. I actually got the 45 to this. Are you that old? Yeah. yeah I, Look yeah. at you. I know. The 45. Can you buy 45s nowadays? I don't know. I know vinyl obviously is is making it. No, 45s. I you can buy 78s or making it come back. No, seriously? <laughs> no. No. Gosh, no, no, no. I, what? <laughs> In fact, some of the LP size albums are now being mastered at 45, so they sound better. But they come in like double albums. Something that was a single album before. Okay. Is being released as a double album on just because of the sound. Yeah, because right. it's, it, the grooves are wider yeah. and there you go. Yeah, the xylophone. How many xylophone songs are there in the police catalog? King of Pain, right there. It's one of my favorite vocal performances by Sting. Okay. I love the background call and response when he goes, that's my soul up there. And the whole poetic spot on the sun, you know, that's my soul up there. He was talking about him separating from his first wife. Mm. And this is Sting. I conjured up symbols of pain and related them to my soul. A black spot on the sun struck me as a very painful image mm. and he kind of called himself the king of pain for dealing with his first wife and pretty much causing it to collapse because he he started dating her best friend oh and married her best friend you know i i, I thought there was a story there when yeah sting got divorced and then remarried his first wife's best friend yeah Oh, boy. And Trudy Styler is the, his current wife and the, and the wife he married. She actually helped him with the lyric on this. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, isn't that, and, and, isn't and, that ironic? And this is thing said, I was sitting moping under the tree in the garden as the sun was sinking down on the western horizon. I noticed there was sunspot activity. I turned to Trudy and I said, there's a little black spot on the sun today. And I, I said, that's my soul up there because yeah, he had that in his head. And it's because of you, Trudy. I mean, what? No. What did I say? And then Trudy discreetly <laughs> raised her eyes to the sky and she goes, there he goes again, the king of pain. Mm. And hence, the, yeah. she named it really. Yeah. And Copeland plays the xylophone, as I mentioned. And the interesting thing I love about most of the stuff he did in Synchronicity as some of you may know, I do like James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> and Sting wrote this at the GoldenEye Estate on the desk Ian Fleming used to write James Bond. Really? One of the record execs owned it. Okay. And he needed to get away because he was being hounded everywhere at this point. Yeah. So he was there writing at the same desk. I do enjoy this song. It's a good choice. It's got, once again, unique feel to it. No other song really out there kind of sounds like the King of Pain. Yeah, look, he was obviously going through a dark time when this was all written. And, and then his uh, new girlfriend slash wife threw out this, oh, you're the King of Pain. That can't feel good, but makes a great song out of it. And I love the lyric. I guess I'm always hoping that you'll end this reign. But it's my destiny to be the king of pain. Mm. Some people said it actually was him dealing with the band. At this point, they're not real uh, oh, fond of each other. <laughs> they were, no, they weren't even in the same room. They were yelling at each other. Yeah. They actually started recording in separate rooms. Wow. And then when they came back together, they would fight over mixes. And they go to the engineer and say, why is that snare there? Take that down. And then Stuart would come in. Why is that snare not there? Put it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start. And they couldn't stand to be in the same room together by the end of it. It's too bad. And Happens then, to a lot of rock bands, right? I yeah. mean, they've got the world in the palm of their hands. They can't figure it out. And it just crumbles. And as a Met fan, I like uh -oh. <laughs> the the pinnacle of 
the police's success when they decided that they can't do anything more was when they played Shea Stadium. Mm. Because the Beatles that played Shea Stadium, the police played it and yeah. sold it out. They yeah. played for 70-odd thousand people, and it was the biggest show they'd ever done yep. because they have people all over the field, too. Yeah. It was the pinnacle of music at that point, and like, where do they go from there? Let's We're just done. end it after that. And they actually had the conversation then. Yeah, wow. And I think Sting was ready to go. Uh, ego and Sting had something to do with that, I Oh, think. yeah. <laughs> no, it, it did, but also they couldn't stand to be in the room together either. There's an interesting... Wasn't uh, it? There's an interesting yeah. video on YouTube, which is synchronicity behind the scenes in the band's own words. Mm -hmm. And it's all interviews with the band about synchronicity. And it's fascinating. And I don't want to necessarily cut and paste that in here. Yeah. But it's really worth a watch. And I'll put a link to that in our show notes. But anyway, let's listen to the number nine song overall, King of Pain, off of Synchronicity. <laughs> That was our number nine, King of Pain of a Synchronicity, mm -hmm. which moves to number eight. This Where are is, we going from here, Rob? This is on my list. Okay. Oh, no, it's not. It's not on your list? It's not on Jeff's list either. I'm running solo again. Yes, it's your number three. Wow. We're our up. number eight overall. This is off of Atlendos de Amor. Mm -hmm. The name of the song is Next to You. And you can take the lead. Yeah, wow. So you, you guys aren't early police fans. I'm I'm taking it. Well, not at number three. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when you had the other one at number four, which I was bitching you about. So listen, I had to get this on there for a number one reason. It's the first song on the debut album from the police. So it's got to be on my list, right? My first note on this is it's first track yeah. of the album. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so here's a fun fact. This is the last song the police did live. Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland were not big fans of the original lyrics. It's got an edgy music to it, and they wanted Sting to make it a little more edgy on the lyrics because it was pretty soft. Even at this time, with look, this is their first album, and Sting's obviously in control because the lyrics don't change. A lot of fun. Just enjoy this song a lot. It's tempo. And you like Andy's slide guitar. Anytime it's a slide guitar in an album. Yeah, another slide another on song. this one, yes. Yeah, on a song. And he uses like the open E and G tunings. Yeah. He doesn't really use it a lot in it's like those two songs that you put on here. Yep. I think that's pretty much it. Straight ahead, kind of punkish rock. Yep. Yep. And the chorus is more melodic than most punk. The more I listened to the song, the more I liked it. Good. Although I think you really placed it high. Yeah. Uh, in your top 15? I know it's not in your top 12, but. No, but but I like the song. Yeah. As I said, the police have too many good songs for it to make it up that high for me. But great energy on it. And I know you have that leaning towards yeah. punk. Yeah. Generally. It has some meaning with the last song they've ever played live. Yeah. They close a concert with it. So that says something. Yeah. You got some friends hanging out, like drinking beers, drinking whatever. This is a song you want on the playlist while you're hanging out with good friends. Okay. Let's listen to next year at number eight. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, that was number eight. Next to you, a great song. There you go. Thank uh, you. 
No, no, next to that song is a great, <laughs> a great song. <laughs> Number eight, next to you, off of Alanis de Miller. Which sounds. Well, you did that very well, by the way. Yes, that's my Spanish. I mean, speaking Spanish? Yeah. Can you do Beavis with a Spanish accent? Alanis de Miller. I haven't done Beavis in a while. No, it has been a while. <laughs> Let's move to number seven. Let's do seven. This is not on Ralph's list, but everybody else had it on the list, which is just two people. So mm-hmm. this is Jeff's four, and this is my number seven, and it's the seventh overall, so I nailed it, so I guess I'll talk about it. Okay. This is off of the album Ghost in the Machine. Every little thing she does is magic. Mm. They actually flew the keyboard player Gene Rossell into the keyboard parts because they liked the way that it vibed on the demo so much, and he actually did the demo with Sting. Okay. And play the keyboard parts, and that's what's in the beginning. I've got a note here that I love the piano work in this song, so... Yeah. Yeah. And I love the build right as they enter the bridge. But the melody actually works without the words, which is a lot of things he does there with the with the stuff as he's going in. It's just a fun-paced tune. Yeah, big hit for him. And this was the first demo Sting ever played for the members of the police. What, what do you mean by the first demo? This is the first demo he ever played them. Oh, really? Anywhere. So he had this in his back pocket and kept it yep. for three or four years and put it out on Ghost in the Machine. Yeah, he, already, he already had the song when he moved to wow. London. Wow. Okay. And they liked it so much, they put it on the fourth album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, this is a really good song. This song, more than any other Police song, it, it sounds like it belongs on one of Sting's solo albums. Mm-hmm. But a very good song. Very, very good song. I mean, when the record company heard it, they loved it. Sure they did. They it's said, a radio they made hit. the band, yeah. There was a big conflict between Sting and Copeland Wait, on hold this on. recording. My shock face is happening right now. In fact, Copeland said he was very angry when he did this take, which probably helped it sound better on yeah. the track. And Copeland said, we tried it fast. We tried it slow. We tried it reggae. We tried it punk. We tried it as a bossa nova. We tried it every way but nothing. So eventually, I'm a morning grump. I show up to the studios and guys, you tell me what, just give me, just play the demo, lead me through the changes and see if that works. So they put the demo up and Sting is standing over me pointing where the verse, chorus and all the different pieces are. Then I just cranked out the tune and says, okay, I'll play the effing demo. I'll play along and see if that works. And it kind of did. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so Someone's got a lead, right? <laughs> this was originally an acoustic ballad Sting wrote for the police known as Stronium 90. I'm going to play that for a quick second. It's actually pretty cool. What if they've ever done this live, like acoustic version? I'm sure Sting has. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was the demo from 1977 before. That's cool. I've never heard. I've never heard that version. That's that's very cool. But I love the way that. The band actually did it much better. <laughs> yes. It's cool to hear like that demo version, how raw it is, and then the final version that ends up on the album, how clean it is, and, and the piano comes in. It's and very the, it, it sounds like two different songs almost. Well it's a, it's very like dirty, sort of sure. slow, yeah, jazzy acoustic song that Sting wrote it as. Yeah. And what they ended up converting into is like an uplifting song. Correct. And a very Clean it up poppy, fun-paced tune. Yep. So let's take a listen to our number seven. Every little thing she does is magic. Every 
That's number seven. Every little thing she does is magic. Now let's move to number six. Once again, Ralph, it's not on your list, but mm. it's on both of ours. Okay. Jeff, wherever you are out there, we match on this. This was my number five nice. and your number five. Okay. This is off of Synchronicity as well. This is Synchronicity 2. You guys have the wrong Synchronicity song on your list, by the way. No, we don't. <laughs> Feedback almost sounds like a laser toy in the beginning, but it's kind of great. A laser... Laser toy, like a laser gun. Like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But that's him playing with uh, feedback, and he has the effects on it, too, so it sounds a little Andy bit Andy Summers playing with feedback? Yeah. Okay. Love the, oh, 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 you know, that stuff. It's very guitar forward in the song with really overdriven crunch, and from the police, I love it because it's not necessarily everything I hear from them a lot. Yeah. It's solid with the guitar emphasizing every lyric that he sings. Yeah, both synchronicities kind of sound like early police instead yeah, but of the like the but, later. but the first one is a little, uh, they're not m married. They were supposed to be at one point, there was supposed to be this interlude that connected the two. Yeah. But they never did. So they're two completely separate, separate songs. things. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you listen to Synchronicity 2, it's rock and really well played from a guitar point of view. Yeah. And there's hardly any guitar in Synchronicity 1. So it's kind of interesting. It's all about, both of them, though, are trying to dr dramatize Young's theory of meaningful confidence, but this just rocks. A lot of the synth stuff that you hear yeah. is actually guitar. Oh, really? Played by Summers. Okay. Not all of it, but most of it. Two songs called Synchronicity on the Synchronicity album. I enjoy both of them. It just felt like number one was a little bit better. Because of the pace of the song, I feel like it's something that sounds like it belongs on some of their earlier albums. I just love the rockingness of it, and yep. it's the unexpectedness and the crunch and... This is the more As popular of the two also. As a guitar player, yeah. it's the better one of the two. Yeah. The other one's kind of it's kind of pedestrian and it's just a kind of a throwaway almost. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I know a lot of people you love it and I'm sorry. I apologize. Especially uh, but, to me. Uh, but I tend to look at it as well, I don't care about you. Uh, <laughs> but everybody out there, if you like Synchronicity <laughs> one better than Synchronicity two, there's a doctor out there he's called a psychiatrist <laughs> go to him quickly i'll be the bigger man here and say they're both very good but but one is better than two <laughs> no all right sorry <laughs> it's not at all all right let's listen to our number six overall synchronicity two called synchronicity i guess i'm drinking too much of this holy grail beer i'm starting to talk like we are the knights who say synchronicity yeah all right I fought in your general direction. Here we go. Let's listen to synchronicity. Two, the best synchronicity of them all, are number six. Laser gun. Okay. That was number six, Synchronicity 2, off of Synchronicity. And now let's move to number five, mm -hmm. which Jeff didn't have on his list, but both of us did, which okay. is all that really matters at this point. That's right. And this is off of Regatta de Blanc. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was my... Bless uh, you. Yes, I know. Okay, it's called Walking on the Moon. It's our number five. And you had it higher than me, so you can take the lead. Second single from the Regatta de Blanc album, song written by Sting while he was drunk after a police show in Munich, Germany. Yep. Baseline was influenced by, uh, by reggae, shocker there. But it's interesting, before we get away from yeah. he returned to his hotel room one night after drinking, like you mentioned, and he fell on his bed and the song came to him. 
So he stood up and started pacing around the room with the song in his head. And he started singing to himself, walking around the room, walking around the room. <laughs> like a drunk fool. Yeah, and he wrote the notes down. And in the morning, he saw walking around the room and he's like, yeah, love the melody. It felt airy and light. In fact, lighter than air. But I changed it to walking on the moon. Yeah. Good. Good for him. I actually saw a commercial today. I think it was a Lincoln Continental, I believe. Maybe not a Continental, but a Lincoln commercial. And this song of a poor version of it, it's actually not the police, but Walking on the Moon's in the background. Like, wait a minute. chatting about that tonight so i thought that was a little interesting but this song's loosely all based. right all right all right yeah <laughs> I, this, can't, I can't do it this song is loosely based on a past relationship sting had which i think several of his songs are, are talking about ex-girlfriends early recordings of this song had the tempo of the song much quicker they decided to slow it down and they found a pace when they just said you know what this is the right pace right here let's record it this is one of the first songs that really drew me into the police. This was number one in the UK. Okay. Didn't chart the yeah. US. Yeah, these guys were big the in the UK much earlier on than the US. And I think Sting uses repetition by repeating Walking on the Moon at the end of each phrase. Mm -hmm. It works really great. Yeah. And the chorus seems like bright and fun and a little slanted towards reggae. Yep. And I love it. And it's kind of pulling it all together into this really well-crafted song. Yeah, correct. Very well written. Yeah. All right. Let's listen to number five. Turn it up. Walking Around the Room. No, it's called Walking <laughs> on the Moon. Let's listen. Okay, that was number five, Walking on the Moon. We're getting close here. We're, we're getting the, there. We're in the top third as we go to number four. And this one, if Jeff was here, this would be higher. But he's not here, so mm. it's not. Miss you, Jeff. This is not on your list. Really? But this is Jeff's number one. Okay. And this is my number one. Really? Off of Synchronicity. Oh. Every Breath You Take. <laughs> which is... One of the most amazing songs ever and one of the most popular songs of all time. The most radio played song of all time. Okay, so you can't bash some of my picks and have this as your number one. It is literally oh. the most played song on radio of all time. This is true. It is a huge so radio Everybody hit. must love it, except for you, yes. because it's not punk or reggae. It was the biggest hit, according to Billboard, of... 1983. Yeah. It stayed number one for eight weeks, won two Grammys, Song of the Year, and Best Pop, pop yeah, this Performance. Is, this is their top listened to song, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. And, yeah, that's what I thought. And Sting's voice coupled with the guitar arpeggiation really make the song for me. It's so funny that Sting, you hear, hear him talking about how all these people get married to the song. And it's really about an obsessive stalker. And it sounds, it sounds like a love their wedding. Song. Yeah. <laughs> he said some people used it as their wedding song. Yeah. It's about a stalker. Yeah. And Sting said, I think it's a nasty little song. Really evil. 
It's about jealousy, surveillance, and ownership. I watched Andy Gibbs singing it to some girl on TV a couple weeks ago. Very loving, but totally misinterpreting it. Oh, boy. I can still hear the words, which aren't about love at all, and I'm pissing myself laughing. Mm. That was this thing quote. And Andy Summer said, without the guitar part there, there's no song. I actually that came boy, up Andy. with it in one take. That's because Sting's demo left a lot of space for me to do what I did because it was pretty thin. Well, there you go. Listen, at least he, uh, at least Sting left. Yeah, exactly. At least Sting left you some open space to play with your guitar there. So it's a very well-written song. It's just a little too poppy for me, but I do realize it's a very good song in the radio world. Just, just not. It's a very good song. Period. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Musically, it's a really good song. Vocally, it's a very good song. I don't think this would be my top twenty. Oh my gosh! Then you're completely out of your mind. (laughs) Well, you knew that already. (laughs) For anybody who wants to talk about committing Ralph, please send $5 to... No. I'm sure I've got some fans out there who think this is a little too poppy, but very well-written song, so I'll I'll leave it at that. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. (laughs) All right, let's listen to our number four somehow. Every breath you take off of synchronicity. All right, that was number four, Every Breath You Take, off of Synchronicity. Now we're into the top three. Here we go. And the top, this one being in the top three, I don't think there's many argument, although there's only one of us who actually had it in the top three. This is Jeff's number 10. Okay. This is my number six. Yeah. And this is Ralph's number one. Really? This is off of Atlantos de Amor, and it's the song that started it all for the police, which is why it had to be on there. Yeah. And the name of the song is Roxanne. So yeah. just a classic song here. It's still played on radio all the time. It's interesting. I've got two daughters. They're 18 and 21. I'm like, do you guys know this song? And so I played the police for both Rachel and Marissa. So you played the song about prostitution, and that's the one well, you went no, with. Listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know the lyrics, but within five seconds of playing this song, they instantly said, oh, yeah, I know this. I mean, they couldn't name the, oh, yeah, it's Roxanne by the police, but like, oh, yeah, I know this song. And I'm sure if you played every breath you take, they wouldn't know that uh, one either. No, they would not have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Let me t- let me take a sip after that one. So this is a song about a man who falls in love with a prostitute. Here's another funny little thing about this song. Sure. Eddie Murphy sings this song in f- the movie 48 Hours. He's sitting in jail, just been arrested, yeah. and he's doing a solo version. Of, of Roxanne, and it is just a wonderful moment within a great uh, movie, by the way. This is not immediate hit over in Europe. When it was released in the single, it almost immediately became quite a big hit. No, it, the first time they released it as a single, it bombed. In America or in Europe? In Europe. Yes. And then they waited a year and they re-released Correct. it. Correct. And then it was a big hit. I mean, even now, like, I think almost everyone knows this song, which is how it landed at my number one song. And this is right after they let Henry Padovini go. Which was the other guitar player in The Police. Did oh, you know no that? kidding. Yeah, originally on. I had no because, idea because there was, was a... It was a threesome, but not with Andy. Oh. And they brought Andy to play with them. Yeah. And they played a couple of gigs. And he's like, I'll join the band, but 
Only if I'm the only guitar player. Oh, really? <laughs> so they had to get rid of the other guy. Another one of those stories where this poor guy who gets cut from the band right before they just blow up. The Pete Best of the police. Yes. Yeah. Pete Best was the yeah. drummer before Ringo Starr. The Beatles. Ah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Like once he I got signed, they're like, that. no, we need to bring our guy in. Yeah. <laughs> so he got signed. He got all the way to it. He's, these poor people, right? Like these the guys Dave that Mustaine, get, the, yeah. all these people who get to the point where they're signed and, oh, good, we're signed. And like, no, but not you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Everybody else. That's a brutal, brutal. <laughs> and you're living with that for the rest of your life. I know. And Mustaine like, did something with it, but I don't think Pete Best has done no, anything. No, he is not. <laughs> he has not. But he was the best at what Pete did. <laughs> But it wasn't good enough. <laughs> no, it wasn't the best music ever created of all time. Yeah. All right. So back to Roxanne, top uh, 85 Dude, of, of the top hundred uh, rock songs on VH1 list. It's, I'd of it's course, on, if VH1 says it, it's accurate. It's on It's on the top 100 for almost every, I'm sure Rolling Stones, although I didn't check Rolling Stones, but Rolling Stones, I'm sure has got it at least in the top couple of hundred, but it's, it's on a lot of lists and has had a lot of And accolades. originally when they first recorded it, when yeah. they first started, it was like Boston Over sort of beat. Yep. Yep. And, and then they changed it to more of a reggae feel, and that's when it took it, off. Yeah, it, it got a little bit better. Good choice. And it's actually hit number 32 in the U.S., so it wasn't completely obscure. Correct. There was an upright piano in the studio, which Sting sat on thinking the lid was closed, so he was going to tap on it. Yeah. But it wasn't closed. Oh, boy. <laughs> so you hear little piano keys that are kind of off. The tape was rolling, and you hear the butt hitting the piano. Clang! Yeah. And you hear that in the beginning of the actual track, and there's a little bit of laughter. Wow in there so it's like they're in that fun sort of space yep. at the point which they probably were at this point anyway. let's hope so i mean this is their first album and the way they push the song they sent it to the bbc and the bbc says we're not going to play this yeah because of the content no or they, did this not, they, it, this they, isn't a good song yeah this isn't the song we're going to play on yeah there. we don't see the hit potential in it so they marketed it as banned by the bbc <laughs> <laughs> that's great and then it sold millions, right? Yes. Something gets banned in rock and roll, and all of a sudden it's going to double in sales. All right, let's listen to Roxanne, our number three. All right, that was number three, Roxanne. Turn on the red light. That dainty minx. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that means there's two more because I can do math. <laughs> well done, Rob. Well done. I is a good math person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next song was on all of our lists. It's good. And this one was nobody's number one, but it was somebody's number two, somebody's number three, and somebody's number seven. This is off of Zenyatta Mandara. Mm-hmm. This is my number two, so I'm going to start talking about it. And it's the number two overall. Don't stand so close to me. Mm. When I was growing up, this was my favorite song by far. When I first heard this and I saw the video, I was like, holy cow, this is a great song. I love the vibes with the synth opening up. I feel the tension kind of building in the underlying situation. Although the drone sounds a little dissonant when the reggae yeah. kind of strum comes in a little bit, Andy's little riff lifts that song, and Sting's voice is just always identifiable and so solid. The verse, you know, you hear the story and you kind of feel the story, and the chorus is hooky and singable, and this great layering of the two vocal lines at the end. Yeah. 
And it's obviously an affair about a teacher and a student. This song's dealing with lust, fear, and guilt. I didn't realize it's between a student and yeah. a, uh, Young and a teacher. teacher. Yeah. The okay. subject of gotcha. school girl fantasy. Yep, there right? you go. And Sting used to be a teacher. Yeah, I know. So he said, this is purely fictional. It has nothing yeah. to do with my time as yeah, a teacher. Yeah, sure, Sting. <laughs> and he talked about that book by Nabokov, which was Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov, which is the one that inspired him, which is about an older man falling in love with yeah. a young girl. He caught a lot of flack for it. Yep. But he kind of works backwards. He had the idea of don't stand so close to me. And he kind of created the song. Yeah. As opposed to creating lyrics already and then deciding what the title is at the end, which a lot of bands do. So anyway. Yeah. So this song won the police a Grammy for the best rock song. I think you kind of already touched on this, but the song opens up with synthesizer, light guitar, drums kick in. Then Sting starts his vocals, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful song. Young teacher, that subject. Yeah, but this song kind of builds, right? It starts out kind of light, and then, you know, halfway through the song, it's just building up and up and getting louder and louder. And once again, if you're hanging out with friends, have a couple of cocktails, or just hanging out with friends with no cocktails, this is a good song to have on in the background. It's a party song. And it's interesting, although I hate this version of it, I think I have to mention it. Yeah. The police reformed briefly in 1986. Okay. When they did their tour, right? No, it was 1986. Oh, 86. 86. Yeah, okay, yeah. To go in the studio and re-record some of their best hits. And they were supposed to do three songs, but they only made it through to do one, and it was this (laughs) one. They named this Don't Stand So Close to Me, 1986. That's a money grab, right? Oh, let's go re-record some great songs from a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they actually put it on Every Breath You Take, the singles. Yeah. So you're saying this version, the re-recording is nowhere near the Zenyatta Mundata version. No, it's it's okay. It's really crap, but I'll, I'll play it for you. I liked it at the time when I was young. The the remake. Yes. Like this is a complete remake. They want it to sound like the mid '80s. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's horrible. I like this part. No, you don't. I like the drama of it. This is all about Sting. It's actually not bad. So they plan on doing three. They got through this one, and then they They started throwing beer beer bottles at each other. Like, no, this is not working. We'll throw it on the greatest hits. Let's throw this one. We did this one in the can. That's it. I'm sure Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland were like, this is such a bad idea. We're not even doing the other two. I know. You're on your own. It's so weird that that's, Ooh, that's the same song. That's I know. bad. Compared. I've never heard that. Yeah. And now I know why. Yeah. As I said, once you get through that, they completely destroyed the intro, which is one of the best yeah. things of the song. Yeah. The synth going but, on. But once and... it gets into the main part of the song, it's not awful. Yeah. But the intro was just, they wanted an 80s dance track done oh, by uh, Thompson Twins or something. <laughs> Anyway, let's listen to our number two song. The real version. Should we put the real version on? Yeah. Please, Uh, please do. Yeah. The second best song ever by the police. Let's listen. Don't stand so close to me. Of a Zenyatta Mandara. Okay, that was number two. Don't stand so close to me on the countdown. You got your radio. Zenyatta Mandata. I call you Casey Kasem. Look Casey at you. Casey Kasem. 
talking here. We're getting to the top. You're watching the countdown. Everyone under 50 is like, who is Casey Kasem? <laughs> hey there, Scoob. <laughs> it's the same guy who did uh, Shaggy's voice. Yeah. That's who it is. Is that true? Yeah, he did Shaggy's voice. You really? Yeah. Casey Kasem <laughs> is Shaggy's voice in the oh, Scooby-Doo love cartoons. It. Learn something new. I'm going home. Yes. So that was number two. Don't stand so close to me off of Senyata Mandata, which leads us to our number one. What could it be? I don't know. Let me write it down and put a message in a bottle. Our number one off of Regatta mm. de Blanc. Cool. This was in our top three for everybody. Okay, cool. This was my three and y'all's two. Okay. Jeff and I hit number two on this. Yes. All right. Nice and work, Jeff. We're so high on all of us. So it made number one. I love the intro with the arpeggios. Yep. And, and the edit nine he does, which is a musical term where he adds that. Pinky is like almost another octave. It's really kind of cool. I really was close to putting this number one. The bass is killer. Yep. There's no real weak part to the song. Great flow, dynamic shift when he goes to the message in the bottle part. The initial verse melody is strong and each section is distinct, but I'll let you take over. Yeah, look, this is, once again, I've used this term uh, several times in the podcast. It's it's a very uplifting, danceable song. The drum work by Stuart Copeland is off the charts in a lot of songs, but this one particularly, I just, I love his uh, drum work in this. It's it's in Rolling Stone's top 100 rock and roll and Andy, songs. Andy says this is the best song he's ever played on. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. And as I said, this is the song that I was talking about, which is not necessarily difficult to play, but it's a workout yeah. on guitar. If you play it's it, stretching your yeah, it's stretching because you have to hit the nine. So when you do it, you can do it, but it's like once or twice or three or four times, it's fine. But he plays it like through the, almost the entire so song. So is is Andy stretching your fingers out on the guitar fret more than most guitarists? Uh, it's something for a continual. It's like something that people would use a looper for nowadays. Yeah, because you can play it and it's fine. I can play it, but when you play it, it's just like after a while, it starts to work out because you're stretching with the pinky quite a bit in it. Yeah. When you do the riff the way it's supposed to be done. And the chords are fine and the others, but there's a break here and there in it, which is fine. But the main part of it, he's stretching your hand out quite a bit. So yeah. it's like a guitar exercise song. Another big hit for the band. Once again, first album I heard, Regatta de Blanc. And this was... This was the first song. This is a song that just instantly I went, these guys are different and everyone enjoyed them. Everyone liked The Police. Everyone still likes the police, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, the way it ends with the sending out an SOS, yeah. it's great. And I love the actual story behind it. Like Sting says, it's a cleverly put together metaphor. Mm -hmm. And it you know, has this artistic shape to it. It's, you know, all of a sudden he sends this message in a bottle to be rescued. Yeah. And he gets 100 million bottles in response, and they're all from other people trapped on their island. Just being alone and feeling that sense of loneliness. But anyway, Message cool. in the Bottle is our number one song. What a fantastic Good list. song. Oh, by the way, Regatta de Blanc, you know what yeah. it means, right? Uh, white reggae? Good job. Yeah. Yes, it okay. does. All right, which makes sense if you think about it. Yeah. So let's listen to Message in a Bottle, our number one song by that band we all know and love called The Police. Here we go. I'll send an SOS to Okay, that was our number one. Yay, we went yes. through. 
And good now, choice. <laughs> yes. I, I think our list came out really, really well. But before we get going with that, we're going to talk about two songs that missed a cut. And we'll talk briefly after that about Jeff's, but he can't pick one because he's not here. Uh, but let's go through the songs that missed the cut. Mm-hmm. We'll start. You want to start with me or you, Ralph? I'll go first. Okay. Ralph, you had uh, four songs that missed the cut. Okay. Your number eight, you get to pick one to talk about. Okay? Yep. Your number eight, Synchronicity One, yep. off of Synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Your number nine, When the World is Running Down, You Make the Best of What's Still Around. Yep. Your number nine. Your number 10, Hunger for You. And your number 12, Walking in the Footsteps off of Synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah. So you can pick one to talk about, and I will not talk as much on this one so go ahead <laughs> so listen you can talk as much as you want i'm gonna go with my number nine song when the world's running down you make the best of what's still around I, and i want to like zenyatta mondata once again five great albums and i do love this album and i feel like we didn't talk as much about this album as certain other albums so that's kind of why I'm grabbing this song sure once again fun fun song i'm picturing myself as i'm listening to this I'm in my convertible. I'm cruising down PCH. And this song is cranked up is kind of what I'm picturing. Really? Fun, fun song. It's got to be one of the longest song names in rock and roll. Uplifting, danceable song from the opening notes. It's got a catchy, catchy tune. This Andy is- Summers' guitar on this is very simple, but it fits great with Sting and the drumming section. So I feel like I'm gravitating towards the guitar, but bass playing and the percussion from the drummer is, is just awesome. Yeah, it's interesting. This is another one of those silly online things. This is something I read online about yeah. this one. And do I agree with it? I don't know. But you make the best of what's still around that part. Yeah. Fans regularly mishear it as, you oh. make the best homemade stew around. <laughs> so you get some stew fans out there. Yes. Very <laughs> stew, you know. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to Ralph's Miss the Cut. When the world is running down, you make the best of what's still around. Here we go. Off of Zenyatta Mandala. Ralph's Miss the Cut. Here we go. Okay. Oh, keep going. Keep going, Ralph. Oh, you caught me there. <laughs> you caught me. All right. I had three songs that missed the cut. Jeff had them all on his list, by the way. So what you had cut, Jeff has on, on his, his list. list. Okay. Yeah, but they didn't make our list. Yep. My number nine was Murder by Numbers. Yep. Off of Zinkinisty. Yep. Is, I love that song, by the way. Number 10, the do 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 da 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 da. Oh, thank you for not putting that on. But it's actually, it's all about, you know, politicians and stuff. And number 11 is Driven to Tears mm. off of Zenyatta Mandana. But I will go and talk about Murder by Numbers. It starts uh, with a straight ahead drum beat and vocals. Although the TV evangelist Jimmy Swaggart said that this song was performed by Satan, oh, by the sons of Satan, I'm sorry. The police? Yeah, and this song, Murder by Numbers, is not... If you bought the actual vinyl when Synchronicity came out, yeah, it was not on there. Really? Because there were space limitations on vinyls, and this song couldn't make it. But it's on the cassette at yeah, the time. Yeah, so 83, so obviously CDs aren't around. So yeah, you're either buying cassette... Eight tracks are probably fading out by about this time, but yeah. a cassette or... Yeah. Really? If you have okay. a cassette, it has the song on it, but if you have the vinyl, it does not. 
And I'm sure they probably re-released it at this point, but if you have the original one. The vocals define the chords and the melody because it starts with just a drum beat and vocals. There's no music. Yeah. There's no notes for him to hit. And those notes have to come in later. Yeah. And the fact that Sting can start the song with his vocal line himself, knowing he has to be right on pitch. Yeah. So the vocals define that chord and the melody. And I'm just amazed that he comes on pitch. Nice jazzy influenced tune. I love the melody in the verse and the chorus is really kind of hooky. I love the high vocal right before the chorus. And he, he does like the ABC one, two, three, that sort of thing. It actually kind of works great. Like I said, he uses sometimes basic lyrics mm -hmm. in certain spots. Yeah. But he has really cool melody ideas that he uses. So I kind of like that. It's almost like a scat. I love the dissonant chords at a certain point. So it's like, that shouldn't go together, but somehow they work. It's a lot of jazz musicians do that. Yeah, I've got this as, as a very jazzy song. Just It's in my top 20, just, just outside of my top 12, but uh, a good choice, Rob. And it's all about, you know, the mindset of killing people. And they talked about politicians, evil deeds and Get rid all of sorts them. of things. Right? Get rid of them. Yeah, all politicians. Sorry. Yes, I know. <laughs> it, it, that's, that's a very popular stance, I'm sure. We could go another two hours if you wanted to start <laughs> no, that. Let's, let's, let's go there. <laughs> it's funny that Sting sometimes at the concerts say this is about the manipulation of large groups of people okay. while he's manipulating a large group of people at his concert. <laughs> yeah. Or manipulating his two band members. No, he's not manipulating them when they're fighting. But Murder by Numbers, I just, when you listen to it, you listen to it, I'm like, I listen to it, I'm like, oh, that's a really good song. Listen to it again. Oh, that's a really good song. Yeah. Listen again. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. It creeps up. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really solid. And it's uh, my number nine that missed the cut. Cool. And it was Jeff's number 11. Okay. So I'm counting this as Jeff's just missed the cut as well. So let's listen to Murder by Numbers off of Synchronicity. Okay, Ralph. Well, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Rob. Oh, before we do that, yeah. let's be kind and rewind. Oh, all right. <laughs> Let's be kind and rewind to remind people what our Dirty Dozen was. Number 12, Demolition Man. Mm. Number 11, So Lonely. Number 10, Bring On The Night. Number 9, King of Pain. Number 8, Next To You. Number 7, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Number 6, Synchronicity 2. Number 5, Walking On The Moon. Number 4, Every Breath You Take. Number 3, Roxanne. Number 2, Don't Stand So Close To Me. <laughs> and number one, message in a bottle. No, it's a really good list, though. But Very good list. Out, and it's a good picture of what the police were yep. when they were out there. Completely agree. Yeah. A lot of fun, Rob. Thank you. And, Ralph, thank you, of course, for being here. I always appreciate when you're here, and it's always interesting the choices you make. That's always good. That's why I'm here, Rob. <laughs> Throw curveballs. Since it is baseball season now. Yes, I know. <laughs> Finally. And thank you all for being a part of the podcast at this point. I truly appreciate it. Uh, like this episode if you can, or subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. I appreciate that. And let people know about us. That's always awesome. And if there's stuff that you want to see us do in the future, just always let us know. And we'll put that on the docket for next season, or maybe we'll vote on it, or maybe we'll just put it in anyway. So I'm looking forward to speaking to you in two weeks. 
with Jake and Jason talking about the Almond Brothers. <laughs> mm. They definitely have good songs. So yeah, yeah it'll be a, it'll be another good podcast for you guys. Yeah, so it should be fun. So I will see you in two weeks. Be well and God bless.